it's easy to just kind of throw your hands up and say, well, cancellations are going to happen. You know, you can't, you've done everything you could at that point. Mm -hmm. And so if they're going to cancel, they're going to cancel. I did not believe that to be true. Mm -hmm. And so that was something I wasn't just content to say, well, this is our cancellation rate. No, we tackled it. We lowered it by 19%. We had Mm -hmm. almost no cancellations. Success Confidentials are conversations around elective growth. What drives it and what sustains it? Are you ready to think outside the box and do healthcare differently? You'll learn from our missteps, our successes, and change the way that you think about elective healthcare. So let's have some fun. (laughs) Let's dive in. (laughs) (laughs) Hello everyone, it's Lauren and Christine bringing you another Success Confidentials. Hi, I'm Christine. I brought a background of business, sales, customer service, marketing into elective healthcare with me uh, over eight years ago and really pivoted our practice model to view our elective procedures like a business, our patients like VIP customers, and our team like highly trained customer service and concierge professionals. Hi, I'm Lauren. I worked in private practice for four years, but my journey first started as a patient ambassador. I'm a next-generation marketing guru, really helping practices meet the consumer where they're at, which is online, and lead them into action. We worked together for our last four years in practice and really combined forces and perspectives Mm -hmm. to see an astonishing 60% year-over-year elective growth, really proving that growth can be sustainable when we know our audience and how to appeal to them. So at year-end, as chief marketing officer in a practice, I always really spent time digging deep into our KPIs, Mm -hmm. looking at all the little patient conversion points that we believe in, those seven patient conversions, to identify any areas for increased conversion and growth. It was always my goal to not just spend more each year to grow, but to enhance and tighten each little piece of the process where we were seeing a higher conversion rate and seeing more from every dollar we were spending. Mm -hmm. So I would always kind of go back through each of those seven points of conversion to identify where we could improve. And one of the things that would pop up sometimes was our cancellations, Mm -hmm. right? This is really kind of the sixth point in conversion between scheduling and then actually completing what they scheduled And that was always the saddest conversion to me to lose because you've invested so much Mm -hmm. up to this point and they were right there. They were on the schedule. So that was one of those rates that I always looked at and would go through that process to see how we could lower that cancellation rate even further. So working alongside you for going on our fifth year together, I know you're a numbers geek. You have (laughs) Excel spreadsheets for everything. It can get so granular. I love that about you. How do cancellations make a difference in the bottom line? It's all about math. I say this all the time and looking at those numbers, right? So Mm -hmm. as an example, if your elective business or this type of procedure is $5 million in annual revenue. Mm-hmm. If you reduce cancellations by 5%, right, that's an extra quarter of a million 
that you've added to your bottom line mm-hmm. without adding any marketing dollars, without adding any manpower, without adding any expenses. Mm-hmm. It's just, I always looked at it as money left on the table. Mm-hmm. So when I really started taking cancellation seriously and saying, this is not just something that happens, there's something we can do about it. Something's failing in the processes leading up to this point. We were able to reduce our cancellations by about 19% over those last four years, which was massive amounts of revenue that we were able to retain then Mm -hmm. through just reducing our cancellations. And again, no extra budget added. I think so many times people say, we want more patients on the schedule, so the answer is, more marketing dollars thrown at it. But mm-hmm. I know coming from the social media side, just because you throw more budget at it, it doesn't mean you're still going to get this high quality lead mm-hmm. that will make it all the way to the seventh point of conversion. Yes. And I think that's a good point right there. If you're a practice that's extremely marketing driven, mm-hmm. you are casting a wider net and you're not just getting those leads that are bottom of the funnel that are mm-hmm. ready to go and already sold. You're you're getting leads in that are more top of the funnel that are really just exploring. They're kind of mm-hmm. investigating. They may not be ready yet. Mm-hmm. So we know those conversions can be lower, but mm-hmm. also if we reach a top funnel lead or inquiry and we are able to work them through the points of conversion to scheduling, they're it's a different journey we have to take them down Mm -hmm. to make sure when they schedule, they show up, they stay on the schedule, they Mm -hmm. don't get cold feet and back out because their journey's been accelerated, right? Mm -hmm. They haven't had as much time to think about it or want this for years. Mm -hmm. So it has to look a little different, that journey and Mm -hmm. that process, so they don't drop off the schedule Mm -hmm. from scheduling to actual procedure Mm -hmm. or service. And remembering that just because they schedule doesn't mean that other people in the market, not even saying healthcare, are vying for this consumer's dollar. So if mm-hmm. they switch it and see value in something else more than your procedure because you mm-hmm. haven't established it really well throughout and continue to do so before procedure, yes. that they really can flip the switch and then you have cancellations with them. Yes, I think it's easy to just kind of throw your hands up and say, well, cancellations are going to happen. You know, you can't, you've done everything you could at that point. Mm -hmm. And so if they're going to cancel, they're going to cancel. I did not believe that to be true. Mm -hmm. And so that was something I wasn't just content to say, well, this is our cancellation rate. No, we tackled it. We lowered it by 19%. We had Mm -hmm. almost no cancellations uh, because we changed our processes and we didn't just accept that people who are going to cancel, we're going to cancel anyways. We viewed it as other than obviously certain things that happen, life events, there are always things that happen where patients physically can't continue Mm -hmm. or something's changed. But looking outside of that very small demographic, Mm -hmm. if someone cancels, we have failed in one of those points of conversion Mm -hmm. because they weren't 100% when they scheduled, they went Mm -hmm. home and things changed. And so that is something that doesn't have to happen. So if you were talking to a practice that really was concerned about their cancellation rate, what Mm -hmm. is your top three tips for helping them reduce it or identifying what the problem is in their process? I would say number one, hands down, is to make sure you know those seven points of conversion Mm -hmm. because the first five contribute to your cancellation rate or not. Mm -hmm. They are either allowing cancellations or 
avoiding cancellations. So make sure you know those points of conversion and analyze each one. Again, Mm -hmm. work backwards to make sure each conversion point, they are led deeper and they're more excited and Mm -hmm. their desire is more fueled Mm -hmm. to have this done, not the opposite. They can cool down through these points and Mm -hmm. that's not what we want to happen. So that's really number one. And as always, we have great resources for that. There's no need to reinvent the wheel. Mm -hmm. We do conversion assessments for practices where we can come in and objectively help identify these areas that could improve and second is really part of that it kind of nestles Mm -hmm. under that is really analyzing that 0.5 in the conversion which is the consultation Mm -hmm. when they are in your practice it is a huge opportunity to make sure that that counseling professional whether it's a doctor healthcare professional and counselor everyone involved in that counseling process is an expert at conversion counseling. They have to know how to read the patient's energy and Mm -hmm. body language, uncover what the patient values, know how to speak to that and how to frame what you're offering in those values that they have, how to answer the questions they're not even asking, but they will think of when they go home. Mm -hmm. They have to leave that appointment with every question and thought addressed. So that's really number two, it's huge. And then third is very simple and not difficult to do, but shocking how often we see this in practices. And we even did it in our own. Like we had to rethink this whole piece is what you're sending the patient home with mm-hmm. after scheduling. Just because they scheduled does not mean it's done yet until mm-hmm. that procedure's over, right? And then we're retaining them as a repeat patient or um, leveraging them as an ambassador. But at this point of conversion, they have to go home with everything that reinforces again mm-hmm. and continues to fuel this desire for um, questions, thoughts, fears that will arise after that. So mm-hmm. it can be very simple take-home documents, a little packet with FAQs that you went over, mm-hmm. but that they can reference the what to expect um, and that helps address fears or concerns um, and then how to prepare. Mm-hmm. But they know I'm not going to mess this up. I know what I need to do. Mm-hmm. I feel prepared. I feel assured. That's mm-hmm. huge. Exactly. In healthcare, it's so important to remember that we do this every day. It doesn't seem like a big deal to us because we know the results our patient gets, but putting ourselves in the patient's shoes mm-hmm. and remembering this is sometimes they're only time to get this procedure and it's a big big deal to them so when they go home you know they're questioning themselves they're questioning you know things they may have forgot to ask and it's important to have these papers to reference to but also not forgetting the invisible third party this is someone who influences the purchasing of you know who could be your patient so this could be a spouse a parent, a kid, that really when they get home, they have questions. And if they don't, you know, your patient doesn't answer these questions appropriately or feel equipped and educated, they really start to have buyer's remorse or second thoughts that they're equipped and ready to go forward with this procedure. Yeah, and I think it sounds simple, but we say it all the time. It goes back to the core of everything we do mm-hmm. is to put yourself in the shoes of your patient mm-hmm. and look at everything from the point of your consumer and how does it make them feel. Mm-hmm. If everything up to the point of scheduling and between scheduling and procedure does not feel better and better and better to the patient, 
you're gonna see cancellations. For more conversations about how to drive and sustain elective growth, be sure to follow our podcast so you don't miss anything. You can also save episodes of interest to easily find for drive time, workouts, or multitasking. As always, check out our available resources to make your life easier at thepatientwhispers.com.